0: It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy and Carrie. Love Talking today with a special guest.
1: Hello, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. You have found the Love Ladies. I am Coach Carrie Brinkater, and I am here on the line with my beautiful friend, Kathy Indebrock. We're here on Love Talk. We are
0: building bridges of love and leadership. Hey, Kathy. Hey, Coach Carrie, it's great to be with you. Friends, it's great to be with you this beautiful Saturday morning in Austin, Texas, and we are just love walking and love talking, building bridges of love and leadership across Texas and across America. Friends, we've been in this incredible series on health, and I've had so many favorite programs. I've kind of run out of fingers here, Carrie, but I tell you, friends, you can go back to lovetalknetwork.com and get them on our archives. This series, Kathy, has really impacted me. I know we've talked about this
1: week after week, but this series has really impacted me in so many ways, and I went back um, and just looked at... Uh, it's so many of the things that, that we have talked about over these last couple of months. I mean, you know, we started out, you know, healthy marriages and healthy sexuality, healthy dads. Um, and then we, 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 we have really stepped in some things, Kathy, that are hard. You know, um, how do we progress in a healthy way after a hard diagnosis? Um, Today, we'll be chatting with a beautiful woman who is helping us step into healthy ways to be good caregivers. I mean, when you are um, having to care for someone or getting to care for someone that you love when they have been given a hard diagnosis, man, it's, it's difficult. And so, man, Kathy, this series has just impacted me in so many ways. Of course, we had Amy Ford. And Nick Goopich on—I think I said it right—for the first time. Um, we had him
0: on a couple of weeks ago, and man, and then our, our September 11th program, Kathy—it's just been amazing. It has. I mean, it's been a great time, and I've just been learning so much personally. I, you know, I don't know which programs I like better—the ones where we bring on kind of an expert in the area to talk with us, whether it's a financial expert or a medical doctor, of 35 years or. Or is it those times when we bring on those guests who are giving a huge yes to God and are moving forward and having tremendous impact um, in their families, in their communities, you know, those around them? And so I'm excited about today's program because we get to talk with a woman who has given a huge yes to God and stepped in to, to something that uh, is going to impact not just the Georgetown community but other communities because I think what, what God has done through her yes is going to be used as a model for other communities to step into and do the same. I know. You know, and scripture reminds us, Kathy,
1: that it, it is our responsibility to not only care for widows and orphans, but to care for members of our own families. And, um, you know, it, it seems like it, obviously that gets hard at times. Speaking from my own experience, my dad was dealing with the ravaging effects of Parkinson's, it took a toll on my mom as a caregiver. It really did. And I feel like if mom had had a place um, to support her in that caregiving role, I feel like she would have been more healthy, not only physically, but emotionally as well, Um, because it takes a toll on a caregiver emotionally and physically. And it's just demanding, and it's draining. And our guest today has personal experience with caregiving, and she's on a mission to provide programs that offer dynamic and interactive ways for the community of loved ones living with dementia, uh, ranging from the caregivers, the family, and the friends, and providing ways for those people to connect. Our verses for today, as we talk about this, Healthy ways to uh, give care and healthy caregivers. First Peter five seven, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. You know, when you're in the throes of caregiving, it's it's hard to cast all your anxieties on God. But man, that's what he asks us to do, and he wants them.
0: And Mary, you know, I just want to say here, this is this is one thing that gets so lost. We always have these kind of uh, groups that kind of get lost and don't get a lot of, of airtime. You know, I think of when I was, you know, caregiving and raising uh, three tiny little ones under the age of four, that was really demanding. And, you know, bathing them, changing their diapers, making sure when they went to the bathroom. Uh, you know, when we were potty training, that they actually got to the toilet on time, you know, (laughs) making all of their meals and helping feed them. And, you know, it was just a constant, constant thing. But I had all of these incredible groups, my Sunday schools, and there was mothers of preschools, there was moms in prayer, and so many women just so willing to come around to me and help me through it. But, you know, when, we are caregivers of our moms and not our children. Um, we are still doing a lot of the same things. We're cooking. We're trying to make sure that they, that they eat. Sometimes we're feeding them. Sometimes we're making sure they get to the bathroom on time. We're sometimes changing diapers and bathing them and doing all of these things, yet there really aren't groups to come around us and help us. Do all of this, and so many times it can be so much more challenging because, you know, when we're raising these little ones, there's so much joy in the process, yet, when we're taking care of our parents sometimes we forget that that loving and caring and compassion and stepping into the hard roles is meant to bring tremendous joy. And so we kind of step into these roles and we can't find joy in it. And so I love that our guest is going to help us to get to a place where we can Find the joy in, in this caregiving and approach it with, um, a healthy outlook, as Nick Wojcicki might, might say, and, um, and right. step into, you know, where we are at this stage of life. You, you're exactly right.
1: That's a good way to put it. I mean, every stage of our life is meant to bring, to bring joy or give joy, right? And, um, cherishing those moments, uh, is so important. All right, Kathy, before we introduce our guests, tell us about what's been going on in your world. Here we are at the beginning of October.
0: (laughs) It's crazy. I know. It's just incredible. You know, Eric and I have been having a fun time. We went and did a balloon ride at the Boise Balloon Festival. We went up in a hot air balloon for an hour flying over the city of Boise. It was incredible. We loved it. It was his um fiftieth birthday present, you know it's kind of been on our birthday list, so we had a good time with that and um have my book, my voice, his heart, all done, experiencing prayer and god's will, and so friends, I'm telling you you are going to want uh, a copy of this book you can you can give it you can use it as a, a quick read to um, understand prayer to engage in prayer at six weeks with a personal prayer coach that would be me i've learned so much about prayer um in writing this book and i just give a huge shout out to all the women at um universal city church in san antonio who asked me to write the book initially and um i'm excited for those women's ministries who are coming on board and saying yep yeah, we're going to do this as a bible study for um our spring Bible study and friends if you want to to pick up this book if you want a copy of this book you can go to Amazon to my voice his heart and look that up or you can give me a call and talk to me I'm happy to come out to your women's ministry and either kick it off kick off your study or wrap up your study it's designed to be a six-week study uh, if you want to use it in that way and you can reach me on 512-644-7972 or go to Let's pray today.com and get more information there. Uh, Kathy, I'm so very proud of you, my friend. I, I cannot wait to get
1: my copy. I am so excited about it and I'm so very, very proud of you. This was a big undertaking and you have knocked it out of the park. Um, well, uh, you took a little trip with your sweetie. I took a little trip with mine. Um, my husband, throughout our 26 years of marriage, gets these crazy ideas. And um, he's always asked me, hey, can you go on this little trip three days? You know, oh, it's only going to be, you know, a couple of nights away. And for so many years, I said, no, I can't do that the kids. No, I can't do that have work. No, I can't do it. No, no, no. I mean, very rarely did I say yes. Well, he got a harebrained idea and um, uh, said, hey, we have free airfare. We have free lodging. Let's go to Hawaii. I was like, what? Okay. Uh, why not all right let's go so uh we took a a little trip of uh to hawaii and we just had a great time celebrated our 26th wedding anniversary and um it was fantastic and you know what now that the kids are a senior in high school and a junior in high school they were just fine (laughs) in fact they appreciated me more when I got back from the trip. Isn't that and, um, amazing? It was so amazing. So we had a really great time. Well, without uh, any further ado, I would love to introduce our special guest for today, Josie Zamora. She is a resident of Georgetown for almost ten years. She is a registered nurse for twenty-six years, and she is the um, she is a former advanced practice, registered nurse, and currently certified as an adult clinical nurse specialist. She is the executive director of A Gift of Time. Since 2019, she founded the organization in 2017 to address a need for an adult day program in Georgetown. As the executive director, her role is to provide day-to-day leadership to create and maintain desired environments for caregivers volunteers and donors. She's involved in the grant writing application process. She does so much fundraising. She meets with donors, and she just loves developing and implementing programs that are appropriate for this organization. I am so very proud to introduce you guys to Josie Zamora. Welcome,
2: Josie. Well, thank you, Carrie and Kathy. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. Well, we're
0: we're excited to get to know you today, Josie, and find out everything that God has been doing in your life and how you've been stepping out in faith and just seeing Him open huge doors that you couldn't open yourself. Um, I want I, I want to. As we, as we kind of get to know you, one of the questions that our, our beautiful Miss Evelyn usually asks, and I'm kind of filling in for her here today, I'm going to ask you this question. As we get to know you, we would love to know how you came to know that Jesus loves you.
2: Well, I grew up in a, um, in a religious family. My mother was uh, Catholic. She was a devout Catholic. So early on, she taught us about, uh, of course, our, our faith and to grow in our faith. But during my lifetime, especially when my mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, which was one of the most difficult times in my life, and I'm, I'm just going to talk about why I know Jesus loves me so much. is because at the very end of her life, uh, everything that could go wrong with the family that is dealing with someone with this disease um, happened to me. Our family was in discord. There was a lot of disbelief. Uh, there was disagreement on how to care for them. Um, I had to leave my home and help my, my sister take care of my mother. Um, I had to leave my job. Um, I was away for a long time. But one of the things that um, there at the very end, I was losing both parents at the same time. Mm. And I remember that night I, I, I prayed, and, and I remember not exact words, but I remember I, I remember praying saying, Father, if you can just help me get through this one more day. One more day, I will be your humble servant for the rest of my life. And the next day, there was a calmness that I felt that helped me carry me through that most difficult time in my life when both of my parents were, were dying and my mother was losing her battle with Alzheimer's at the same time. That's how I know Jesus loves me. It's because everything that happened, no matter how angry I felt and how disappointed I was and why her, I know that Jesus responded to that prayer. And here we are today having that conversation. This is why I know Jesus loves me.
0: Wow, Josie, I love that. It sounds like that peace that surpasses all understanding that he promises to us in Philippians 4, 6 through 7. I I love that. Thank you so much for that testimony. Uh, there are so many questions that we have for you, so many incredible stories I know that you have to share with us. Friends, we need to go to break. We have these incredible sponsors that keep Love Talk on the air. Um, you're going to want to get to know them. They are our friends. Uh, they want to be your friends, and we're going to go to break, have a brief word from them. We'll be right back with Josie Samora, Healthy Caregivers on Love Talk. Stay with us. Hello,
1: friends, and welcome back to Love Talk. You found the love, ladies. Coach Carrie Brink- Brinkator here with my beautiful friend and co-host Kathy Inderbrock, and we're calling her coach now, too, because she is a prayer coach with her new book, that um, <laughs> I'm so, so proud of her, my voice. His heart. And you can find that. You can go to Kathy's website uh, there at Let's Pray Today Ministries, and you can connect with her there, um, and you can also find that on Amazon. So proud of you, Kathy. Um, we are here today with Josie Zamora. The executive director for a gift of time. And I tell you what, Josie's story is just so amazing. Josie is a retired from nursing, but she will always have a nurse's heart. Um, she, after her mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, she became her caregiver. And Josie, I know for you, when you became your mom's caregiver, this was, um, a, a difficult road for you and you, persevered in your efforts to get an adult day program off the ground here uh, for people with dementia here in Georgetown. So tell us about your experience and how a gift of time was born from your journey with your mom.
2: Well, again, thank you, Carrie. Um, this is my um, story that I uh, rarely get asked about is the, the spiritual side. And what I'd like to begin with is um, I'm one of 11 children. I'm I'm the last of 11 children. And in 1991, on my wedding day, which is uh, very memorable, my mother, um, according to my sisters, was up early. She was the first one to get dressed. She wanted to be at the church early. And uh, she showed up. And as I arrived, of course, I had my wedding gown with me and my bridesmaids were with me. And my mother helped me put my uh, wedding gown on and kind of do the final touches uh, on my hair. And then uh, she gave me this beautiful white um, rosary, and she wrapped it around my hand, and she kissed my cheek. Um, And I'll always remember that. We have a photograph of us two together with that rosary in my hand. Little did I know that she already was showing signs of Alzheimer's. And that... Day, uh, the days to follow changed, and a year later, uh, she was officially diagnosed with Alzheimer's. So your world changes when you get that diagnosis. And I remember my mother did not speak English, and I remember standing at the doctor's office, and um, she looked at me with her big brown eyes, and uh, I remember that the doctor said, your mother has Alzheimer's disease. And it was like a loop in my brain. That's all I could hear. And then I felt literally like a hand was put over my throat as I was being choked. I fought back the tears, trying to understand how we were going to deal with this. Because back then in the 90s, there was very, you know, resources that were kind of hidden. We didn't know where to go. You know, very little things were in Spanish. And the doctor gave me some pills, put them in a bag, and said, I'll see you back in, in a month. And and we were on our own. And you heard the, the earlier segment about the end of the journey with my mother, but what I want to share with you is the joy that I spent with her, the time that I spent with her. They teach us, people with dementia teach us how important life is and to value every moment that you are together. They are in the present because they know that tomorrow they may not recall it. But in the moment today, they, they're alive and they have a purpose and meaning. And I want to say to people, don't be afraid of this disease. Don't be afraid when you're diagnosed. Load yourself up with some ammunition education and live your life. You have a purpose and you have, and you have meaning to your lives. You mean a lot to your families and to your friends. So the experience of sharing that joy with my mother, and don't get me wrong, there were a lot of hard days. There were a lot of hard days. Work, I was working, I was trying to, you know, I was a new bride, I was trying to deal with that, and then as she progressed, things got a little bit, you know, worse, and trying to deal with some of the behaviors that she had, and it was so heart-wrenching. But I can tell you this, uh when we prayed, she had this habit of, kind of rolling her thumb and her index finger together, and my sister and I were trying to figure out what what is that. So she could hear us recite our rosary, and we put one in her hand, and she did the same thing, and that is her faith right there. And she was showing me, if you believe, if you believe in your heavenly Father, he will guide you through this. And I took that journey with her. My sister and I both took that journey with her, and it was hard. I'm not going to kid you. It is a hard journey. But there is joy in caregiving. And let me just say with our caregivers right now that we're dealing with, they love their family member. They share their stories about who they are, what they're doing. There's, there's people living with dementia right now. They're out on vacation. They know. They know what's happening. And they, they're dealing with that. But they're living their lives. We know what the end is going to be like. But before that comes joy, and we need to share that. With them, share that love and share that kindness. So when I saw my mother go through all this hardship, those were lessons that I think I was being taught. And see, God knows His plan. Mm-hmm. Out of this horrible, you know, disease, God said in His own way, "Remember, you said you'd be my servant." <laughs> so He did, and here we are in Georgetown, Texas trying to set up a dementia day program. Now, here's some of the part that I want you to know about a gift of time. I served on the Commission on Aging Board for a year. And out of that board, it it came to be because there was a study done in Georgetown about what could help people age in place, uh, our seniors. And if you think about it, 30% of our population in Georgetown are 65 and older. Right. Uh, it's a big group and we're powerful, so we need to get this done, right? <laughs> we, we need to get this done. So um anyway, uh, I was on that, I was on that board and I read the survey and we all took parts of the survey, tried to figure out what services were in place, where, what was not, and the Adult Day Center was not, nobody was talking about it. Right. And somehow I, I just kind of looked at that and I thought, what is that? Why is it that, that we don't have an adult aid program in a population with so many seniors? I didn't get it. So uh, I began very slowly to kind of look into it. And the more I looked into it, here we go again. Our Heavenly Father knows. He drew me in. He drew me in. And the more I read, now I had taken a, uh, as, a as a practicing nurse then, I had taken a, a seminar on um, on geriatrics We're required by the board to take a uh, uh, education on geriatrics because that population is growing. I'm evidence of that if you see my hair color. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we're here. So anyway, uh, and then I thought, well, how do we do this? How do, how, do I, how do I get this going? And I'm not kidding you. I was putting a folder back and a uh, book back and a folder fell, and it showed uh, some information about uh, a business entrepreneur right from SCORE. But it had a nonprofit side. And I, I, I thought, oh, that's strange. So I started reading read it, and I called SCORE UP, and it's a service corps of retired executives. And I said, I need a person who has experience in aging and experience in the nonprofit sector. Because I prayed, and I said, you know, Lord, if this is what you're calling me to do, this is way over my head. I I, I, I need some help. I mean, I need, mm-hmm. like, big help. Mm-hmm. And so a prayer was answered. A gentleman, a very nice gentleman, a man of faith. Uh, Came to me. uh, He was he was my mentor named Steve Howard, just a really nice guy, and listened to my story. And I just had this little five page little plan, you know, business plan, you know. And he said, "Well, he said, uh, he said you can do this." He said, "But you're going to need a bigger budget, and you're you're going to need a board." (laughs) (laughs) And so he he helped me with that. And then uh, so we started the process. And I want to share this quick story with you. In order to become a 501c3, you have to file with the IRS. It's a very big document, and you have to have an attorney look at it. Now, remember, I said we didn't have any money at all. So here in Georgetown, I went to this – I don't know if I can say the name or not, but I went to this other nonprofit that has a little cafe in it, and I was having breakfast. And this young woman came in. She was absolutely stunning. So she had this long, brown hair. It's just a beautiful smile that could disarm anyone. And when our eyes met, I thought, I know her. I know this lady. And the place was kind of empty, so she could have sat anywhere, but she sat right by me. And the more I thought about it, I thought, well, do I know her? How do I know her? Why do I feel like I need to speak with this woman? And so then I felt like a stalker because I was watching her to see how quick she was eating and slow down my eating. And then she, you know, she was drinking her coffee and I, and I felt like there was a seatbelt across my waist. I just couldn't get up. And I thought, I have to talk to this woman. And so as I was trying to get up and I thought, okay, go for it. Talk to her. And I said, excuse me, but I feel like I, I know you. Have we met? And she said, no, I don't think we have. She said, I, tell me a little bit about you. Tell me who you are. So, of course, I had to get in my 90-second field, <laughs> by the gift of time, I mean, I just, you know, I started talking quickly, and then she told me her name. She said, um, my name is uh, Elizabeth McFarland, and I'm an attorney, and I help nonprofits. Oh, uh, wow. And I had been I praying for that. that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: See, See what I'm did you bust into
2: tears, Josie? <laughs> I said, oh, my God. And I said, I've been praying for you. And then she was, like, looking at me like, what? And I said, you don't understand. We need an attorney. And I went on and on and on about the file one c 3 because we didn't have any money. And so she said, here, here's my card. Give me a call. And I went to our, we were, I was we were going to a board meeting. I was running late to the board meeting. And when I got there, I was like, you're never going to believe this. This is what happened. And the board's was like, what? what? <laughs> they couldn't make sense of it, right? Well, two weeks later, I called this young woman, and I said, do you remember me? We met at this, you know, cafe, and you said you helped profits and I said, you said you would help, you know, it would be like pro bono because we don't have any, like, money right now, and she said, absolutely. What can I do for you? Wow. And she has been with us since that day, that day. just yes. another prayer answered. Now, for the board, I didn't know anyone in Georgetown, hardly at all. I met uh, the few members on our board, our founding board, maybe once. And I held a small presentation, and I said to them, this is what our community needs. This is based on the research. And, of course, with my nursing background, I always do the research, right? You've got to figure out where you're at. And so they said, yes. And I said, you, you want to help? And they said, yeah, we'll do it. And I was like, uh, but we don't have any money. This is going to take a lot. And we're talking about, you know, maybe millions of dollars. Yeah, we'll do it. Okay, well, let's let's get let's get started. So we had a board. There you go. I mean, these people took a literally a leap of faith, a leap of faith in a person they I didn't know. even
1: know. I love this, Josie. I love that your heart is soft to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, right? Because there's so many times when, um, you know, we think we hear that voice and we just shirk it off like whatever okay I don't know that lady I'm not gonna talk to her you know you you were very um sensitive to that and it was the Lord saying hey no I'm bringing this person to you today this is not a coincidence I, I don't I don't just do things on a whim and um I, I'm that's so amazing now you have three words that you say are your vision for a gift of time. Share those three
2: words uh, that describe your vision for a gift of time. Well, I talk about uh, faith, love, and hope. Now, I know in Corinthians, um, you know that love never fails, right? But it, to me, the faith is that I believe that call that God has called me uh, to serve. Uh, my community in this way. I truly believe that. And I have the faith that he will guide me through these rough waters, no matter what they are. And so that is the faith part of a gift of time. The love part, Scripture tells us to love one another, to be kind. And there, to me, when you love someone that has dementia, you pour out your heart and soul to them. And and you never leave their side. Even though it gets hard and you feel like you just can't go on, you are there for them. To this day, I have never heard a caregiver say, I regret being a caregiver. But that doesn't happen. That just doesn't happen. And then the hope, the hope is, look where we are now. We started with nothing, nothing. And the hope is always there. It is the promise that. God is going to guide us and see this to the very end, and we have to. We if we give up on hope, all is lost. So hope is a very big part of a gift of time. Mm-hmm.
0: I love. I, I love that. I think whenever we base the steps that we're taking on Scripture, uh, you know, it. it it is like we have this this light for our path and, and a lamp right down on our feet. Our steps are so much more sure as we step out in faith and hope and love. Thank you for that, Josie. I, I want to get into um, some of the nitty-gritty because I know our listeners, you have got their ear now, and they're saying, okay, <clears throat> all right, well, what what are these services that I can access? What can I step into? How can I utilize uh, what God has raised up with Josie's yes. And so you have a website that outlines the programs that you're offering right now. Can you tell us about Camille's Memory Cafe and Living Well with Dementia Education Series and your caregiver support groups and your student internship programs? We would love to hear more about that.
2: Well, uh, thank you, Kathy. Yes, okay, Camille's Memory Cafe is named after Camille Figarelli. They are Georgetown residents, they, and she was a volunteer in our community. And her husband actually uh, really—he's a big advocate for this program. Memory cafes are a global movement. They're designed to have social interaction in a social setting. We don't need to hide, folks. People with dementia <clears> need to be out in the public, right? And the community uh, will is very accepting and loving, and they will accept that. So uh, Camille's Memory Cafe is where we do a lot of great uh, activities. We play Jeopardy. We play Loteria. We do things about music and art and history. We're singing and we're clapping and we're sharing stories. It's a fun place. It's a fun place to hang out. It's virtual. And if you want to get involved, you just uh, send an email to education at a gift of time, Georgetown.org. It's on our website. You get signed up and you can attend as many or as little as you like. And so Camille's Memory Cafe, we need to be proud of that. Georgetown, that is, we're, we're up with everybody else. We're with the global, global movement. So this is a, an exciting program. Living well with Dementia Education Series, we have, we've been honored to, uh, have our, as our guest, uh, presenter, uh, Dr. Tam Cummings, and she gives a presentation every Monday about the journey of dementia. What, what to, what to, you know, what to look for, what kind of behaviors, what is this disease like, what should people be doing, if you, if you, uh, it's a Q&A session, 30 minutes of presentations, and then, uh, uh, 30 minutes of questions and answers. The caregivers love it. Uh, we started out with six people in January. We're up to 75. Our average class size is about 25 or 30. People look for their knowledge. Now, here's the interesting thing about these education classes.
0: We did a survey
2: recently. Caregivers feel that they can manage their loved ones at home better. This is the big one right here. They're utilizing the emergency room services less. And then the other thing, they feel like they're being supported. They know where to go. And so those three things, when we talk about our mission, we're making a positive impact. Well, there it is right there. Those surveys show that we're making that impact because our caregivers are are getting the benefits of that. Uh, Hang on, uh, Josie. Hang on, Josie. Before we go to your caregiver support groups, I –
1: I know this so well. I deal with the population, the Parkinson's population. I teach exercise classes for for those that um, have been diagnosed with Parkinson's or other similar movement disorders. And one of the symptoms of Parkinson's sometimes in some Parkinson's is Lewy body dementia. And and so the caregivers are not only dealing with, and and the patient, right, is dealing with all the ravaging effects of the Parkinson's. Um, But then on top of that, now we have to deal with the, the dementia aspect. And I tell you what, when they walk in a room and they know they're not alone, When they walk into that cafe, right, Uh, when they walk into that meeting with other people who are dealing with the same things they are, they go, okay, I can do this. I can do this. And there's practical ways. And, And, you know, you just said it, their emergency room visits are fewer because they're participating in a community that they can get tips from, they can share what's going on. They they just don't feel alone anymore. God created us to be in community, and we don't stop being in community because we get a hard diagnosis. We, we that's when we need to find the community to wrap around. So I, I absolutely love this. So that's the Living Well with dementia education series is on Mondays. Tell us about the caregiver support groups.
2: The caregiver support groups all are held uh, every Thursday of the month in the evening from six thirty to seven thirty and we're still pretty a small group. Uh, Pretty much, I facilitate the uh, conversation, and all I do really do the introductions, but it allows the caregivers to share their journey with other caregivers, share tips about how they're managing, talk about self-care. Self-care is important, right? The caregiver has to take care of themselves in order to stay healthy, and so it's a good networking. They feel like I know what you're going through and, and, and they share their information. It's a, it's a really good way to, uh, support one another. And again, one of the things that we, that's great about a support group, you, you find out about different, uh, resources and what works yeah. and what doesn't. So, so you're better prepared. So I yeah. think it's a great, uh, support group. And Carrie and Kathy, I just want to say next year, uh, with Camille's Memory Cafe, we're doing a lot. We're going to have an art exhibit. Uh, this is where caregivers and their loved ones are going to create an art piece or maybe a photo, share their story. We're going to have the exhibit at the Georgetown Public Library. I yes. mean, there's a lot we're doing. We're going to go and uh, have a little dance. Uh, dance is very important for, um, very important. you know, they can listen to music. Music is very therapeutic. Uh, and we collaborate with other uh, nonprofits. So there's a lot going on there. And so, um, Again, all of our programs are at no cost, uh, and all you have to do really is just send an email and says, "I want to register for this," and we'll put you on the list and then you're not required to attend all of the classes it's just what what you can attend and what your schedule allows
0: well, well I love this because you make it <clears throat> you make it so. Easy Josie. If if you go to a gift of time georgetown.org, you'll land straight on the website. You can access the calendar and see all the incredible events that you have going on there. And then with a really simple click, you'll go, it'll take you straight to sending an email to education at a gift of time georgetown.org. Um, and you can go and sign up for whichever event you want to attend. So, I mean, it, it's just right at your fingertips. It's so easy. That's right. You know, Josie, before we go to break here, we've
1: talked about these things. You know, as a caregiver yourself, when you were, um, helping your mom, you know, you, you've mentioned that the days can be long and physically and mentally draining. And it's, it's true. You know, you're, you're filled with joy, um, to be helping, but there are hard days. So what are some very practical tips that you could give to caregivers um, as they navigate
2: this season of life? One of the things I encourage every caregiver, ask for help. When you think about it just for a minute, people with uh, cancer, they have a big support group. And that is because people stood up to the cancer and said, you know what? Our friend is not gonna deal with this by themselves. So in caregiving, we should do the same thing. Churches have prayer groups for people with cancer, but I don't see very many prayer, prayer prayer groups for people with dementia or caregivers. We have we need to change that. So caregivers ask for help and take the help when somebody offers it, because it's a long journey. And here's one of the things that I always I always say to caregivers: you have to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Carve out some time out of your day, and people say, "Oh, I know, I got, I'm very busy." Well, you're going to burn out if you don't take care of yourself because the journey is long. My mother lived with Alzheimer's for 14 years. I know what I'm talking about when I say the journey is long. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, the taking care of yourself part, and I want to get into that um, when we come back from break because that's where a building – for you would be so amazing. You know, you're doing these great things. You're so cute. Yeah, I wish all of our listeners could see you. You're getting so excited about the mention of the building. Um, you know, for a caregiver, whenever I think about my mom and how she gave care to my dad, especially in the last couple of years, it was hard for her to leave him alone. And that's where the, you know, the asking for help is very important to have people come sit and, you know, Sometimes you have to do things that, um, that are hard, um, but my mom needed an outlet, and um, she didn't always have it, and so she didn't feel like she could leave daddy for an hour or two hours at a time to just go for a walk or go buy groceries or go, you know, wherever, and that was hard. That was really, really hard. Or go and get a massage, you know? Um, And so for you to have a building would be amazing. And I really wanted to talk about that when we return to Love Talk. Friends, we're talking with Josie Zamora here, executive director of A Gift of Time. And when we return to Love Talk, we'll get some more practical tips and advice and more about A Gift of Time. When we return to Love Talk
0: right after this. And welcome back friends to Love Talk here on KTXW The Bridge Austin Central Texas Christian Talk. We are building bridges of love and leadership here on 101.1 FM and 1120 AM. Thank you for joining us this beautiful Saturday morning in Austin, Texas. Well, we are in our health series friends, uh talking about everything health. We want to have a healthy impact with those around us. We want to make the day better each day and every day. It's easy to make the day worse for someone, but it takes a little bit of effort and focus and a lot of love to make the day better. We want to be making the day better. Today we're talking about healthy caregivers with our incredible guest, Josie Zamora, from A Gift of Time in Georgetown, and Josie, in these first two segments, you have been walking us through uh, just this incredible work that uh, God has birthed through your experience with your mom who went through dementia, Um, and you were her caregiver for 14 years while she went through that, and you've, you've talked with us in these first two segments about some of the really difficult times and the heartbreak, but you've also talked with us about the joy and the beauty and how much you have learned and just the, the how special your mom um, has, has made, what a special experience that was to have with your mom over these past few years. And, and I love that you have been given uh, this incredible opportunity that you have said yes to to offer services to the Georgetown community and beyond through a gift of time offering Camille's Memory Cafe, Living with Dementia Education Series, Caregiver Support Groups, and um, also a student internship program. And friends, you can see all of that at a gift of timegeorgetown.org. You can go there for all of that information. Well Josie, there's something I want to know more about. Um, you talk about current caregivers. Do you refer to them as a sandwich? Generation. Tell us more about that phenomenon.
2: So the, the sandwich generation is really referred to people that are in their 40s and 50s uh, that are taking care not only of their own children at home, but now they're taking care of an aging parent uh, who is, um, in this particular case, we're talking about caregivers, who is who has been diagnosed with some form of dementia. And I remember sometimes the parent is a widow or a widower, and so, and now they're having to take care of both, and that is extremely stressful, and it's very unique because now you have a young couple who are trying to raise their their family, who now have to turn also their attention to this to a parent who's dealing with this disease. So that's what I mean about a sandwich generation, and they need our support, and they need to find us because uh, we could try to help them navigate through these rough waters. Uh, and, and remember that when you are stressed, your children feel it, and so does a person with dementia. Right. And so if you educate yourself, load your arsenal with education, and, okay, what is the next step and who can I turn to, that is what's going to help you, guide you through this journey. And so I encourage all young couples that if you're going through this, Uh, get the help that you need. There are a lot of resources. Uh, We want to be there for you. But, of course, we understand that there's a lot of resources out there. But it Mm -hmm. is so vital, especially for a young couple, uh, because you're still working on your marriage and you're working on raising your little ones. And so, um, you know, we want to make sure that families stay together and stay stable. You know, we
0: we can quickly become overwhelmed. And so it's important that we're able to ask for help. And I love that. You are going to be an answer to prayer, and have been an answer to prayer for so many. And Josie, one of the things that I want to hear more about is this this building. In 2020, you were raising money for a building, and then the pandemic kind of derailed your plans. And um, I love how you've you've made do without. You haven't let that stop you. Talk to me now about what's going on with that physical building. What does it look like? What programs would you offer? And what what mountains is God moving to bring that about?
2: Oh, Kathy, I tell you, when the pandemic hit, I went down on my knees again. I was so heartbroken, and I thought I really I said a prayer, and I said, Father, help me. Uh, now here's the here's the miracle thing. We're going to talk about it uh, very briefly because this is how it came about. Before the pandemic, a gift of time did not have any programs going. We were trying to raise money for the building. Build relationships in the community, making sure that caregivers knew uh, what this was about, getting people comfortable to make sure we have their support. You just don't want to set up shop and hoping that people come. We want people to be involved. This is for them. This is for them. And we didn't have any programs going. And uh, my board chair at the time, Vic Figarelli, and I talked and I said, I'm going to implement programs. And we started programs and they took off. And I want to thank the St. David's Foundation. In 2019, they awarded us a, a, a half-a-million-dollar grant for this building. Now, remember I said there were no programs. I don't need to give them information about the statistics of Georgetown. They know that. But they also know that caregivers don't have access to these type of programs. They know that. They're way smarter than I am. They, too, took a leap of faith in us and said, we know that Georgetown can do this and here it is. Okay, now, well, are right now? We have a sketch or a rendering of a building. It's going to have a, a three rooms. All rooms are multipurpose. I'm making sure it has a chapel. It also has <laughs> a music room and everything else. And then I also, uh, we also have a big activity room. We're going to have a garden area. It will become a therapeutic garden. We're going to have a little prayer garden. Uh, because we need to address the spiritual side of people. We wanted to make it look like a home if we can, if, our, if the builders and all the parties agree to it. We don't want to make it look like an institution. We want people to feel like they're hanging out at our house. Come on over. We're going to have some fun today. And uh, so the building itself uh, is designed with the caregiver in mind, right? You want to make sure that your loved one is well cared for, that the environment looks welcoming, and, 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 and that we are humble servants, right? And we want to make sure that staff has the appropriate areas to work in. And and we also want to make sure that it's safe. That's why we have to follow the state laws uh, to make it a licensed facility. Now, before that, the building comes into fruition, we, as the board, need to raise a lot of money. And that money will go towards our first year of operating expenses because even though we'll generate some revenues from from this program, at the very beginning, uh, we won't be able to um, file insurance claims because uh, they want to make sure we're up and running correctly. So it could take Mm -hmm. months. Well, we need to have staff in order to get this thing running. So for this year, this is a big number. I'm going to throw it out there. But Carrie and Kathy, you called me to be here today for a reason, and that reason is to get the word out of what we need. And we need everyone to pitch in what their heart tells them that they can afford to raise the money. Our goal to raise the money for this year, and we're coming up short because of COVID, is $175,000. Now, that sounds like a lot, but, folks, we've already raised half a million. We can do this. We can do this. And it's not going to take – you don't have to give $25,000. Now, if you have it, we'll take it. But you can give whatever your heart feels that you can, you can give. I have people that sent me checks. I don't even know who they are. And it says, in memory of. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, they know what the journey is like, and they want to support us. Mm-hmm. That means a lot. And remember, you do not have to give a lot to be on this journey with us.
1: Uh, Jesse, I just can't tell you how refreshing this is. You know, I know that if my mom had a place where daddy could have gone for a couple of hours, uh, a couple of days a week, uh, she could have recharged her batteries. Daddy would have been with, with friends, you know, and uh, I would have been amazing. And so I know how important this is. And I'm so excited for you listening, friends. When you have a passion, it comes through in your voice. I know you can't see Josie, but I know you can hear the passion that she has for this ministry. And for her, that's what it is. It's a ministry and it's a, a calling on her life to be able to provide this. Until there's a building on the ground, I encourage you to go to a gift of time to look up the services that she's providing um, for this special, special group of people, not only those that have dementia, but those that are caring for those with dementia. Friends, as you can tell, God is all over this. Um, And again, in 1 Peter 5-7, he says, cast all your anxieties on him. Because he cares for you and he does, friends. He cares for us more than anything in this world. He wants to have a relationship with us, a personal relationship with us where we know him and he knows us. And friends, I tell you what, it's as easy as the ABCs. A is admitting that you're a sinner and accept that God loves you. He wants to know you. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It tells us that in Romans 3.23. B is to believe that Jesus is God's son, that he came here as a little baby, a perfect, perfect child, a perfect human. He was fully God and fully man, and he died on a cross and rose again on the third day to offer us that free gift of salvation. And to confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, it says in Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, that if we would declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised from the dead, then we will be saved. You know, friends, it's uh, Saturday morning. And there's lots going on, just like uh Camille's Memory Cafe at a Gift of Time. There's a lot of virtual churches, and you can find one very easily online. If you feel comfortable getting out there, go find a church that is preaching the word, that opens the Bible every single Sunday and delivers the beautiful gift of Jesus Christ to you, friends. I tell you what, if you have any questions, you can call us on the love line at 512-249-6535. We'll send you a Bible. We would love to do that. And as a reminder, you can find all of our archives on lovetalknetwork.com. Josie, any parting words here for our listening friends?
2: I'd like to thank everyone who uh, is listening to your program and listening to this message. And I want to say that if you're a caregiver, that um, this is for you. This is for you and your loved one, and um, I hope that we will have good news uh, this year about our building. So uh, keep the faith, uh, keep praying, and thank you again, Kathy and Carrie, for allowing me uh, to be on your program. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, friends.
2: Josie Zamora from A Gift of Time. Friends, we
1: love you so much. And for Kathy Enderbrock, I'm Coach Carrie Brinkater, and we'll see you next time right here.